Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Joining us is Gary O'Hagan. He is an agent, uh, among other things, and he has worked for with many, many high-profile coaches that you know uh, and negotiated a lot of deals with athletic directors, NFL coaches too, but he understands it perspective-wise. Gary, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Mike. Great to be on your show. As you see this and you see the $15 million and the 100 and some million in the USC, $15 million a year at LSU, what do you see? From from your perspective, what do you see has happened in college football, or is it simply great investments that you have to understand that perspective in? No, actually, I think it caught me by surprise as well um, this season, uh, this uh, carousel, they call it. And But I think it goes back about 40 years um, and why it is happened and why it happened uh, right now. I mean, this was a fairly dramatic season, and it's not over yet. Um but let's go back about 40 years when cable TV came about and then ESPN. Um, the biggest and most important franchises were greatly influenced by the ability to sell their product in different mediums and different media other than just the main network, CBS, ABC, and NBC. It kind of put them in competition, and ESPN did it. And then it expanded as the networks created their own sports network. So over the past 40 years, Gradually, the value of these pro football, basketball, and baseball franchises grew dramatically. And um, it became a trophy of the ultra-wealthy to own a franchise. I mean, we saw just this year alone how um, A-Rod and his friends uh, tried first to buy the Mets, eventually uh, got outbid, and then they ended up buying um, uh, the Timberwolves. So as this was going on, the media rights were also growing, again, because of the varied uh, bidders for those rights. Um, and so uh, originally, owners of these sports teams didn't make so much on the cash flow, uh, the annual cash flow of the revenue versus expenses, but the principal value of the teams were going up. Yep. But um, in the last few years, they've begun to make dramatic um, uh, increases in their cash flow as well as the principal value going up. Um, so I think from that point, uh, the teams got too expensive for a lot of bidders. 
it, it became a trophy for, as I said, the ultra-rich. Now, at the same time, so that's one part of the equation. At the same time, the um, stock market really, from the beginning of the pandemic to now, has almost doubled. It's just about doubled. And so whereas you would have expected people to have lost wealth, lost businesses, um, not been as lucrative and able to buy franchises, we're not making enough money or didn't have enough money to pay a billion or $2 billion for a pro franchise. But maybe that person was the ball boy on the basketball team at their alma mater or the third string punter. And they realize now after retired or they're getting on that, you know, they could, they couldn't own a pro franchise, but if they contributed significantly to a coach's contract at a major college, they could gain influence and be a synthetic owner of the team. For instance, let's look at um, Michigan State and sure. Mel Tucker's contract, which is the one that set it off. You have four former alums of Michigan State who are committing at least a million dollars a year each for 10 years, right, to cover. Uh, you basically had a contract that was probably worth maybe $5 million a year. Now he's going to make $9.5 million a year. And, and look at the leverage they have. They don't make the entire payment up front. They make it over 10 years, so a million dollars a piece each over 10 years. So what that does is that gives them influence. They, when they call the athletic director, he's got to pick up the phone. When they call the president of the university, he's got to pick up the phone. So they're not the owner of a professional sports team, but from an ego standpoint and to some degree from an influence standpoint, the, the, the guy that was the third-string punter or could have been the first-string quarterback, who knows, he is now in a position where he couldn't have been as a pro football or pro basketball or Major League Baseball owner, and it costs them a fraction of what it would have cost to own a pro franchise. So it was kind of a perfect storm. It was the value of these teams going up um, to the point where most everybody couldn't afford it. Nobody could afford it except for the, for the very few. And at the same time, I think the stock market doubling in the last two years put enough money in these guys' pockets where all of a sudden they said, you know, I feel good enough about this. I'm going to make this commitment. And that's, what it, that's what's happening. And it's, I don't think it's over yet, to tell you the truth. That's a very interesting concept when you think about it. What people really seek is ownership and power, and if they can get it in the college level for less money, it's the same thing that they gravitate towards or want as an NFL owner. Gary O'Hagan is our guest agent for a long time doing these contracts. Gary, at Notre Dame, obviously they've got a lot of powerful and influential donors, and yet they've always strived to keep the salary down as much as they can, etc. Do you think that... Uh, that that's still in play. Do, do, uh, you know, uh, Lou Holtz used to say it was a vow of poverty to go coach there, all those things. Uh, is that still in play there, or do they do they need to stretch themselves too right now? Well, no, I, I think the fellow that replaced them, this uh, Coach Freeman, is tremendous, by the way. I think he's very good. Obviously, Coach Kelly's very good. But I'm just going to give you, uh, uh, this is from one of my clients. He's a colorful figure, and I'll give you his assessment of that move, Okay. So yep. Coach Kelly, obviously very successful, but he does like to move. He's done it a few times in his career. Um, so he goes to LSU, which is quite different than coaching at Notre Dame. And as my client put it, um, the difference between coaching at LSU and Notre Dame is thus. 
coaching at Notre Dame is coaching at a perpetual wedding reception, okay? Mm-hmm. Obviously, thing at desk. But it's, it's a unique job in that respect. I mean, the, the players, the quality of the players, the support from the team, the support from the university, the support from the media. I mean, I, I, I didn't count this year, but, uh, you know, they were basically um, had their own TV network, NBC Sports. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very unique franchise in and of itself. Um, I, but I, do, I don't think even if they had a chance to match the salary that Coach Kelly got, they would have matched it. I, I just don't think that's in their ethos. Gary O'Hagan is our guest uh, talking about the escalating costs. So, so what we hear, Gary, is these these sports teams, especially a football program, is the front porch to the university, and you need to make a good impression with that team with, with that team to attract more people to make your university stronger. Do, does a lot of the decision making uh, is it followed through based on that premise? Yes, it is. But uh, the, the other element to this, Mike, um, which I should have added was um, these Power Five conferences, and there's been some shifting uh, this year with the SEC growing, um, the media rights and the payments to these colleges are going up as well, fairly dramatically. And, and I don't have exactly the numbers what the University of Minnesota get from the Big Ten from their shared media rights. Yeah. But I, th- I think in the SEC, it's north of 75 or $80 million. So, so that, that is really an, another factor and that helps everybody. I mean, that helps all the sports. And when you factor in Tattle 9, the, the explosion in these football salaries is also going to help women's coaches' salaries. And um, so it, it's not just uh, – I don't think it's just isolated in terms of football. I mean, we're kind of towards the end of the football season and the um, playoff games and the bowl games and all the rest. But, I, again, those same factors, the – the sale of the media rights, the diversity of the media rights, where the money's coming from, the diversity of revenues um, is, is, driving, is driving this. And then again, at the, at the other end, the lower level, uh, the participation of the alums and the fans who can now uh, really get some influence on how things are going to go and can feel from an ego standpoint like they're, you know, they're, they're kind of part of the show. Yeah, part of the show. Sure, Gary, can you um, stay? Can you stay with us for a quick break? Sure. I want to ask you uh, about now. Are we going to really see the haves and the haves not? And beyond the Power Five conference, does it do any good? Do we need a division and just just make them the Power Five and and everybody else can go do their own thing? Gary O'Hagan, agent extraordinaire. When we come back on Sports to the Max, Sports to the Max. Gary O'Hagan has represented some of the best in the business uh, coaches. That is the NFL. Um and the NCAA level for sure. Uh, Gary, do the, the numbers are getting so big. Uh, is there anything that makes us better serve to just say power five conferences, you're on your own for the football playoffs and you guys get, you can reap whatever revenue you reap goes back into your program and the rest of you just fend for yourself. And, and if you're non-revenue, you come up with a regional schedule and, and, and Minnesota will play Northern Iowa, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Uh, if you're not the football or the basketball team, are we heading in that direction at all? Well, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a commitment um, and an evaluation made by each of the universities, um, particularly in their non-conference schedules. And um, and I I don't know I one side of me thinks that there is so much money coming in at this point, particularly from the media side. I mean, the crowd at the Gopher Badger game was great, 
um, that, but that was 50000 You go down to the SEC, Mike, and I think there's five stadiums down in the SEC, maybe six, that seat over 100000 or close to 100000 or more. Yep. And these, the, 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 you know, NFL stadiums, roughly, there are a couple of big ones, new ones, but they're roughly about 62000 Yeah, I mean, yeah. bank is 62000 I mean, this is a much bigger market than people realize. There's much more money being spent. There's a there's a greater allegiance um, by their fans. So um, and, and with no player sa- no player salaries on top of it, right? Well, yeah. I think honestly, the move by the NCAA to allow these um, name, influence, and likeness rights and and give them back to the players and let them use them um, for uh, marketing stamp uh, standpoints, to drive their own revenues, and all the rest. There, there are going to be some substantial abuses of this obviously yeah from some of the universities going after certain players but what it did for the universities it, it kind of carved out the revenues to the schools the, the, the players don't get any percentage of the revenues the way they do in professional sports you know that's the big thing that when these players associations enter into the negotiations with the owners in baseball and football and basketball and in hockey that the big negotiation is the percentage share of the revenue, yep. both media and gate. And, and, and the NCAA, by giving up on the uh, name, influence, and likeness, protected the revenues. And that's what's, that's what's driving these contracts, too. They, they, and things can change. I mean, that was, that was one of the great things John Wooden said. He said the only certainty out there is things are going to change. We don't sure. know how they're going to change, but they're not going to stay the same. And I, and I think... People are going to reevaluate. I mean, this was really an extraordinary explosion here from a percentage standpoint and the number of contracts, and it's not over. I mean, the, the, the coach, you uh, Freeze, who I think he's at Liberty, uh, which is obviously not a football power, although they play some good teams, and I guess they played it pretty well this year. I mean, he's, he's getting paid $4 million a year at Liberty. At Liberty, so, yep. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, of course, they bought uh, their president I, I, off for about $10 million after he had his problems. But, yeah, so they got money there. I get it. But <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think the people in these athletic departments are going to reevaluate the, the deployment of the money. And where is it going to go? Who is it going to go to? And what do we want to back? And what's going to happen? And so I was talking I, to a I'm guy, sure though, the other know. day, Gary. I'm sure we know. I, I was talking to a guy the other day that deals in, in sponsorships to an extent. And, and sometimes they'll sell them to a whole conference, whatever. And he said that in general, what he has seen over the last couple of years is they, they will, when they meet with somebody about sponsorships and, and product, they'll say, um, if they're representing a company, the company will say, I want 80 to 85% spend on football and then do what you want with the other 20, 15 to 20%. But football is that big at the college level that they're just saying, look at, I, I, you can give me all the non-revenue and other sports you want. I'm not interested. It's football and maybe some basketball, and then whatever's left over, throw that away. How does that play in college sports? Well, these are these are contractual negotiations, and you know the the school who's seeking the sponsorship and seeking the revenues and the money. And um, you know, I worked at IMG for quite some time, and IMG College is now Learfield IMG. They're, they are the kings of all this. I mean, that's all part of the negotiation, and there's a, there are value judgments to be made, right? Uh, right. If you're a company, you want the most exposure. Yeah. No, you do. And that's part of it, though. And and I think there's a negotiation back and forth. And I think they certainly have a right to say where they'd like the money to be deployed. And then, you know, the, the university might say, OK, 
that's fine. We'll take less, but we want to deploy it ourselves our own way. I mean, I think it goes back and forth. I, I don't think it's just – I don't think that it's just how much money we can get and we'll do whatever you say. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Is college basketball stronger or weaker, and has it become um, only significant when we get to the NCAA tournament as opposed to you know what it used to feel like, the big conference matchups, all those things? I mean, I, th- I think as we we go into the winter, I mean, a lot of people like basketball. They love hockey. They love basketball. But I think the biggest thing is um, the advent of the three-point shot, and there are no big men in college, or very few big men in college basketball. No. If if you're a talented seven foot six ten six eleven seven seven one player, you might play one year of college basketball. Shed Holmgren, so yep. valuable to the not just the NBA but these other leagues too in Europe. Um, China, to, I guess, to some degree, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, you know, Chet Holmgren is a perfect example. Um, he's, you know, he's obviously uh, a young player, but he shows so much promise. There's in all likelihood he'll be first or second draft pick in the NBA this year. Yeah, and so he'll play one year of college basketball. I mean, when we were growing up, Mike, when I was growing up, I mean, you got to the Final Four, and everybody had a seven foot aircraft carrier. They had a big man, hmm. right? And that's not the case now. In fact, um, Jay Wright at Villanova won two national championships without one of those guys. And so, um, I mean, I still think the big man is valuable in college basketball. There just aren't enough of them to go around. They're going to the NBA. But is the game better because of that, because because it gives the underdog a shot, or what do you think? I think it depends if you're a purist or not. Uh, personally, I grew up watching Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell and Willis Reed and these great Nate Thurman, great big men in the NBA, and I kind of like really good centers and big men. Um, I, I, then I think there are other people that like, uh, you know, three-point shots and uh, high ball screens and things of that nature. I think, it, I think it depends on how you grew up and what you like and what you're a fan of. So. Gary, interesting stuff. I, I get the feeling that we're just at, the, uh, that we, we've kind of reset here and, and it's a whole new normal that we're heading towards uh, uh, for college sports, so we're not quite sure. But I'll tell you one thing I know is, you know, and, and one last thing, Gary, because you represent a lot of coaches. You know, we always think of head coaches. But I remember you told me this once, and the philosophy is so solid, it bears repeating. You said, you know, after the NFL did their salary cap and everybody knew what they were making, there was still so much money coming in that teams started to spend money on coaches because they had all this money to spend. And, and so – the head coach might well, say, was, I, need, I need a quality no control on. guy. I need, I need an, a head, uh, an assistant head coach, not an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, but, but explain how that has absolutely changed the game because position coaches are now able to retire when they're done coaching at age 50 if they want. And it used to be, you know, you were a lifer working, the, you know, working your way through all over the country just to, to get to 65, hopefully. Right. Well, the big thing was there was a salary cap for the teams for the players, but none for the coaches. Exactly. Okay, so if an owner really wanted to win, he knew he could spend money by getting a superior coaching staff. And just to add to that point, Mike, and I've, I've heard uh, some rumors about this, I mean, just to give you an idea how powerful these media rights and the diversification of these revenues and how important it is, I, I heard that there's a streaming deal that's being worked on. I, don't, I haven't seen it announced with the NFL, whereby – you could be anywhere in the world, and if you have Wi-Fi, you can watch every NFL game. You can be in Jakarta. You can be in yep. Antarctica. It makes Wi-Fi, sense, yeah. Watch, right? 
And, yep. and I heard, you know, the number for those rights was north of $70, $80 million per year per team, okay? Oh, my. So the, so the coaches don't even – the team owners don't have to do anything. No, to, just right? keep playing the games, right? Just play game in the games. And if you put a price earnings multiple on that revenue stream, let's call it even 60, and you price it at 13 or 14 times revenue – each team is like almost overnight worth an extra billion dollars. I mean, it's, that's that's the level of explosion I think we're seeing in these markets. Now, I would say, Mike, though, if there was some huge financial calamity and the stock market went down 30, 40, or 50 percent, I think everything would change. I sure. think the bubble would burst, too, in sports to some degree. Yep. I do. I, I, I think still um, – not so much the economy. The economy's been hurt by the pandemic and all that, but it was the value of these companies, particularly these technology companies, that has really helped drive this for everybody. Yes. It's funny. Not only did the technology drive it, but the value of the company that provided the technology has sure. driven it. Yeah, so, and, and, and what it does tell us, though, is all things being equal in a good economy, people love sports and they love to be a part of sports, right. don't they? Yes. No, they, they love it, and if they can get it, in a in a HD TV anywhere in the world, whenever they want it. I mean, just think of how valuable that could be. Wow. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Gary, so. good stuff. You and I and Liam and David, hopefully before Christmas. Yes, we'd love to see you. We'll try yeah. to arrange that. Okay, thanks, thanks Gary. Appreciate it. Okay. Gary O'Hagan, nice stuff to join us. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.